Let's take our Bibles, open it to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1. And with today we're starting with a new book of the Bible. It's always um, incredibly exciting for me to, to study a whole new book of the Bible and go through it verse by verse, chapter by chapter with you. Um, and that's one of the joys of really doing expository preaching, is that we get that opportunity to go through entire books um, of the Bible, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and just sit under it, just hear God speak to us. And, the, and my passage for next Sunday will be the next verse, and it also protects me, and I think it's very good for you. So that one, the one day I'm preaching on divorce and remarriage, you don't think, why are you targeting me, Pastor, today? Um, but that was just that then, that should have just been the next verse. But um, this is really central, the central point of our church is the Word of God. The heart of the church should be the Word. Think about what the Word does. It was the Word of God that made the heavens and the earth. It was the Word of God that sustains and holds the universe together. In Him all things hold together by His Word. It's by the Word of God that we are born again. When we hear the Word of God, the Gospel, and we are born again, it is by the Word of God that He calls us out of darkness into His marvelous light. It is not too much to say that the church is constituted by the Word of God and sustained by the Word of God. And it is the Word of God by the Spirit that changes us to become more like Jesus. The Word of God is central. Amen? Amen. We believe that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy 3, 16-17. We believe the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Hebrews 4, verse 12. Therefore... To simply hear the word of God has the potential to change your life. And that's why we do scripture readings at church. Just to hear the word has the power and the potential to change us. Many people were saved by just picking up the Bible and reading it for themselves. Um, one famous example is Augustine, a man that was caught and trapped in the addiction of sexual sin, sexual immorality, very deep. He was, sit, he was outside and he heard a child. He said he couldn't, he couldn't make out if it was a boy or a girl, but just chanting over and over again, take up and read, take up and read, take up and read. So he took up his Bible, opened it to Romans 13, verse 13 to 14. that says, let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. And he was saved. Changed. Born again, justified by just reading the Bible. That's why Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. And this is what we will do this afternoon. It is something which I have never done before at Heritage. Done at the Klagstop, but I'm going to do it here with us as well. I have a unique opportunity to practice what I preach so I was thinking about what's the best way to introduce the book of Ephesians to all of us? What better way than to let the book speak for itself? This is something 
which has been, I think, lost in our modern culture, our modern era. We want summaries, we want shortcuts, we want apps, we want bite-sized bits and pieces because thinking for ourselves is just too much effort, just takes too much time. So we are, dis we are a distracted people. It's, it's ironic, we have so many apps to help us with our productivity and we are the most unproductive <laughs> people because we are always distracted by our many, many wonderful apps. But as believers, we need to push back, push back against that temptation to always be distracted, always our eyes always being drifting off. We need to regain the ability to give our undivided attention to the Lord, our undivided attention to Him and to His Word. And this means letting God's Word speak to us in its entirety. So what we're going to do, we're going to read through the entire book of Ephesians this afternoon. Let me tell you four reasons why I believe that's the best for us to, to do this. First, it allows you to hear the letter and its main emphasis. Sometimes by going slowly through a book, and th this is a big temptation for, for Baptists, right? We, we spend four sermons on verse one, you know, <laughs> something like that. Um, sometimes when we do that, we go slowly through a book, you lose the big picture, you lose the main emphasis of the entire book. But by going through the whole letter, just in one go, gives us the big picture. Number two, you walk away knowing exactly how the book applies to you. Um, the first three chapters is doctrine, and the last four, four, five, and six is application. And remember, this letter was read in a church context where there were husbands, wives, children, slaves, masters, etc. It was full of diverse people in the church. And by just reading the letter, everybody walked away knowing what, what they should do, how they should now live worthy of the calling that God has called them. So, and so that's what we can get. Some of you are just struggling with Satan, how to fight Satan. And that's what we're going to see in chapter 6, the armor of God. So, so you, you know how the letter applies to you. And number three, and this is the purest form of the word of God. By just reading the word, we are just hearing God's word. I'm a man. I make mistakes. My sermons are not inspired by the Holy Spirit. But God's word as it is, is perfect. It's perfect. It's pure. It's holy. It's blameless. It's spotless. Now, that doesn't mean we don't need teachers and pastors. The very book we're going to read is going to tell us that Jesus gave shepherds and teachers to the church to equip the church. But my point is that my sermons have mistakes, but the Bible doesn't. That's my point. Often you'll hear people say, I wonder how God's voice sounds like. I want to hear God speak to me. Well, just read the Bible out loud and you will hear his voice. Because this is God's voice for us today. This is how God speaks to us. Through his word, by his spirit. Every time you open this book, you hear God speak to you. And that's one reason why we should come to church as well, being eager to hear what God has to say to us. And lastly, this is the genre of the book. This is a letter. Letters are meant to be read <laughs> through. Um, if, you, if you write a love letter to your wife, you don't want her to read, and then next week, read the next section. You want her to read the whole thing, right? Um, and, and you are also eager to read the whole thing in one sitting. Um, and that's how... That's how we should read this as well. So this afternoon, your life can change by just hearing the book of Ephesians in its entirety, by just listening 
this book can transform your life as well. Are you ready? Okay. Just lastly, and then I'm going to pray and read for us. Just want to, as we read, look for three highlighted themes. So three themes that's going to come up over and over and over and over again in this book as we read it. Okay, number one, the one theme is the incredible riches that Christians have by grace in Christ. You will see the words like riches, immeasurable, greatness, wealth come up over and over and over again. And it's really meant to show us how rich you are as a Christian, how much you really have in Christ. Okay, so look for that, that theme, um, the riches the Christian possesses. Number two, look for the, the theme of the mystery of the unity of the church. This is a great book that this explains the unity of the church, Jew and Gentile, and this mystery that Jesus has now come and make these two enemies one, one new man. And we're going to see that. So look for the mystery of the unity of the church. And then lastly, look for the Trinity. You will see in this book over and over again, the Father, the Son, the Spirit, the Father, the Son, the Spirit, over and over again. Paul has a triune theology. He believes in the Trinity that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit all work together to save us. The Father planned our salvation. The Son accomplished our salvation. And the Spirit applies our salvation to us so that all the glory goes not to us, but to God. Let's pray together. Father, we, we thank you for this letter that we can read in its entirety. Thank you that you speak to us through it. I pray, Lord, that you will give us humble hearts, that we would enjoy it, that we would listen to what the Spirit of the Lord wants to tell us through this book. Father, I pray that you will give us the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Lord, open our eyes that we may see the hope to which you have called us, the glorious inheritance that you have in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of your power towards us who believe. Father, please come do this miracle even now as we read this book. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the Beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined, according to the purpose of him who works all things, according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, 
were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. For this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of work so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints, members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, 
assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I've written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ might, may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he has also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, 
when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. <clears throat> Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing, and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its saviour. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. <clears throat> Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with the promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ. Not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with the goodwill as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. Masters, do, this, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and that there is no partiality with him. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So that you also may know how I am and what I am doing, Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are 
and that he may encourage your heart, your hearts. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God, the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. That's the book of Ephesians. Let's pray together. Father, we, we thank you for this book. We thank you that we could have just read it in its entirety and see some of those themes. Lord, it's, it's, it's too big for us. It feels too weighty. But thank you that we have it in our laps, that we can go back over it. We can read it again and again and again, study it. And I pray that even as we walk through this book in the coming weeks, Lord, that you will open our eyes to see the immeasurable riches that, you have, that we have in Christ. Lord, um, I also pray that whatever has struck anyone um, in this reading, Holy Spirit, please take that. Please use the seed that has been sown, the word. I pray that you will convict of sin, that you will help us to put off the old man, put on the new man, be renewed in the spirit of our minds and walk worthy of the calling with which you have called us. Please, Lord, help us to meditate even on, on this reading and help us to think through it and to live it out in our lives. For you are worthy and you love us. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's close with a song and then we're also going to have communion together. So the song, this song is actually based on Ephesians chapter 1. Um, come praise and glorify. It's uh, Ephesians 1 verse 3 to 14. And um, let's just sing this song together and enjoy it together. Let's stand. and glorify our God, the Father of our Lord. In Christ He has in heavenly realms His blessings on us poured. For pure and blameless in His sight He destined us to be. And now we've been adopted through his Son eternally. To the praise of your glory, to the praise of your mercy and grace, to the praise of your glory, you are the God who saves. Come praise and glorify our God, gives His grace in Christ. In Him our sins are washed away, redeemed through sacrifice. In Him God has made known to us the mystery of His will, that Christ should be the head of all His purpose to To the praise of your glory, to the praise of your mercy and grace, to the praise 
of your glory You are the God who saves Come praise and glorify our God For we've believed the word And through our faith we ever seal The Spirit of the Lord The Spirit guarantees our hope Until redemption's done Until we join in endless praise To God the three in one To the praise of your glory praise of your glory you are the God who saves to the praise of your glory to the praise of your mercy and grace to the praise of your glory you are the God who saves you are the God who saves